0: Thank you so much for all your questions that come through to me via various channels. Actually, I'm really excited because we're going to feature a question from someone who's been listening to the show for a very long time. Uh, I love hearing from you. You can connect with me on Instagram, on Twitter, and uh, you can send me emails as well, share with you how in just a while. But first up, I want to say good morning to our guest, Swapnil Mishra, founder of Wealth Zen and Adjung Mentor Singapore Management University, Swapnil, thank you so much for joining us. Even though you're taking a little bit of a break, we we love having you on. Thanks for being here.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Delighted to be here.
0: (laughs) I wonder if you can help us with a question coming from Deepa Kishnani, who is a frequent listener of this show. And she's reached out to me and she wants to understand more about the turmoil in financial markets with the Bank of England, on the one hand, raising rates since December 2021 to try and control the highest inflation rates, while she says it's uh, decided to maintain its costly tax cuts. Uh, and she thinks, you know, this contradictory buys of these, uh, buys of the guilts is going to send conflicting messages out. She says, I feel it would have been wiser to plan a step by step process and give monetary policy time to put out the fire. So Bank of England may have saved the day in the long run with its onerous fight against inflation with a stimulus package being rolled out and borrowing costs driven up. So, when we take a look at what is happening in the bond markets in the UK, I have several questions for you. First up, do you think uh, what's recently been announced, the UK government going to buy up bonds, how will this support the pound?
1: I mean, it may support the pound, so firstly it's a it's a it's a complex problem. Some of it contributed because of global uh, headwinds and of course some of it contributed because of problems that have been in a way self created or they are rather unique to u k and it may have a very, very temporary reaction in terms of providing liquidity and a market making support point of view. However, the global investors are not going to you know suddenly feel you know at at peace just because there is a, you know buying of guilt in fact it is more seen as a desperate measure and a reflection that uh, they are not very sure of how this thing will land, both internally and externally, because they have to manage both the stakeholders right now.
0: We are talking about the Bank of England stepping into yes. Britain's bond market to stem a market route, pledging to buy some £65 billion of long-dated gills, and this after the new government's tax cut plans triggered the biggest sell-off in decades. Do you think this new move is going to fuel inflation, Swapnil?
1: It will... It. Okay. The entire hypothesis is that they're going to get out of this mess by turbocharging growth because the rate cuts, the, the tax cuts are going to fuel the growth, which in itself is a hypothesis that is uh, resting on many assumptions, uh, both at a level of household spending and industry and you know the corporate uh, sector. And, and I, I don't think they'll be able to do that. In fact, it is going to put more pressure... And in fact, BOE has again came out and they clarified that they are not going to hesitate in increasing rates even more aggressively. So the market is pricing in that this will not help in solving the problem, and it, will, it may actually fuel uh, the pressure on inflation, which will put the pressure on a BOE to increase rates further. So it's, it's definitely not something which is creating a more positive outlook, even in terms of inflation management.
0: The Bank of England, using quite scary terms when justifying its intervention in bond markets to try to stabilise things, we saw a statement saying, were dysfunction in this market, meaning the UK market, to continue or worsen, there would be a material risk to UK financial stability. Is the Bank of England essentially printing money to fund tax cuts by the new government to help it avoid a deficit?
1: yeah it's doing that and it's it's doing something which is they're starting by spending and then hoping that this excessive spending for which they are not going to be you know they're not like filling that gap anywhere so it's a fiscal package will trigger growth and as as Rishi Sunak has been calling it he says it's a fairy tale it's not a plan so i, I believe he would definitely be wearing a t-shirt which says i told you so <laughs> and and this is where the challenge is right politically this is the mandate on which or this is the you know the slogan on which he came to power by saying that i will do aggressive tax cuts and it is something which will help and now there is an element of doubt which everyone feels that you know is tax cut the right way to uh, fiscal deficit is the right way to uh, solve a problem and it's like you know clearly not and and so it's 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 an embarrassing situation uh, I, I if you if you see from measures point of view i don't know how they can Reverse these cuts or in some way roll back, that will be a political disaster.
0: All right. So, so, Swapnil, broadly, if we take a step back, what do you think it's going to take for bond market traders to regain confidence in the UK debt market?
1: I think it will take some time for some detail to emerge in the definition, in the way the package has been defined, because they have not given all the information. Some of the information is going to come in later. And in that clarity, they will try to roll back some of these things. I think that. Some rolling back will be helpful in uh, rebuilding the credibility. The second, of course, is the temporary support that is being provided by the gilt buying, which is not going to last for long because they actually need to get back to selling guilt. So, 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 I, I mean, at least for some time, there'll be some stability. You could have changes at the policymaking level because this is a, a challenge more self-created, right? So if, if, if the policymaker is going to... If, if they change, right? so you may have a new chancellor, you may have something really major happening at that front, that could really change. So let's say, hypothetically, Rishi Sunak comes back as the chancellor, you will see the bond market traders uh, become confident again because they'll feel, okay, we have smart people uh, running the policy. So I would say that kind of a measure would be the, the strongest in, in building the confidence back. For the for
0: the traders. Thank you for that very clear explanation, Swapnil, and thank you so much, Deepa, for reaching out with your very interesting questions. And by the way, if any of you would like to get in touch with me because you've heard something you'd like more, you'd like to hear more of as well, or or you have a query, then you can always reach me. I'm on Instagram. I'm at Michelle Martin Radio. You can send me a direct message there. Swapnil Mishra is my guest. He's founder of Wealth Zen, an adjunct mentor at Singapore Management University. Top nil there there's a lot of uh, worries about global recession it seems that there's an everything sell-off on Wall Street and we're seeing that dip deepen And some strategists say they're seeing recession odds go as high as 98%. So I want to ask for your view. Ned Davis research sees a 98% of of looming global recession. Morgan Stanley has said uh, optimists are sleepwalking off a cliff. How likely is an impending global recession, Swapnil, in your view?
1: In my view right now, it is seen as a foregone conclusion. I think... When we read these numbers, 98% looks like it is 100%. I think which is oversimplification. We need to understand that we still are at a stage of divergence in terms of the various regions and various parts of the world. So it's not one problem that each and every part of the world is facing. There are different ways, uh, versions of these same problem that different parts of the world are facing. And so for recession in this manner to be there and for it to stay for a sustained period of time, is what we are concluding today, but I don't think that's the case. In my view, this is something which will create extreme stress over a period of three to six months, but it's it's not the end of the road, especially from an investor's point of view, because you know you have money which is invested. So I, I don't think this is the case. The uh, the challenges that we are facing is one on China, of course, the zero COVID policies. So that's clearly something which is a challenge because any new stimulus is not going to boost growth. So that's the challenge. Uh, In terms of Asia, I would say Southeast Asia, India, some of these parts, the first seven months, if you see, they've actually held well. They've done well because they've managed to increase their exports. Um, Even in case of U.S., as long as the consumer is spending, Fed is going to raise rates and, and even take a chance on pushing towards recession. That's not the goal to push towards recession, but they will continue to raise rates, which is in a way a sign that, yes, spending is still there. So as long as U.S. spends rest of the world is able to, Asia is able to export, it's still keeping the wheels in motion. The challenge over here is going to be one, Europe, because they are facing a trade shock. So we, are, you know, the cold winter, of course, is going to be tough. Yes. Um, but post that, I think recovery is, is on the horizon.
0: I guess the next question is, uh, how bad in terms of an economic outcome are we looking at if we do look at a global recession? As you said, it's going to be different across different areas. Are we seeing an undercutting of risk appetite across the world?
1: We'll definitely see, right? So if, if you see the rush to dollar, that's a clear indicator, right? All the stress that you see on the fiscal market or the monetary market ultimately translates into FX. We're seeing that in case of sterling.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: sterling dollar is affected, euro dollar is affected because the trade shock or the poor fiscal package is immediately translating to FX. And that, the biggest trade that's happening is the dollar strength. So In the last six months, if you did nothing and just held on to your U.S. dollars, didn't even invest it, you are better off because you've made, you know, 15, 20 percent against most currencies. Right. So the desire to hold on to dollar, yes, it is something which is going to uh, reduce any investments. Private investments will go down. Borrowing will obviously go down. Housing market will get affected. So, yes, it is a scenario where people just hold on to their cash and specifically U.S. dollar cash, not just, you know,
0: any other currency. This reminds me of a trader I know three days ago shared with me waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning. This is before the UK, by the way, said they were going to buy these gilts. So my trader friend wakes up at 3 in the morning and stays up <coughs> thinking, I need more U.S. dollars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I oh,
1: think that I- um, U.S. dollar is... And everyone rushes to US dollar when when you're in trouble. (laughs)
0: All right. Let's look at single stocks ETFs. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this uh, swap nil is because I came across Google's list of the most searched for investment jargon. So these are words people are trying to crack the code uh, to understand the investing world a little bit closer. And the top of Google's list is ETFs. And I was quite surprised to see that. And then I thought, you know, a couple of weeks back, we talked about single stock ETFs, but I'm not sure if everybody understands what they are. Some say that, you know, if you're not sophisticated, you do well to look away from single stock ETFs. Others say they're seeing an increase in interest in understanding single stock ETFs as a way to uh, play volatility. Uh, you know, when you see a market like this. So can you help us understand single-stock ETFs and if we should buy them?
1: So I think the starting statement that you said, I, you know, if if you don't understand single-stock ETFs, the analogy would be, you know, if I say that I don't know how to drive a Formula One car, so I'm going to read the manual of a Formula One car and then I intend to drive it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a very dangerous strategy. <laughs> if this conversation is going to lead to um, making a decision to invest in them. So I, th- I think I'm just... You know, that's
0: a big desert. disclaimer there. All right, we got, it. <laughs> we got it.
1: So as the name suggests, right, so historically when ETF started, they actually were created to track indices or broad markets, and as a way of achieving diversification. So low cost and diversification was the key problem that was being solved when ETFs uh, started. And over a period of time, the growth for ETF has been a combination of the growth in the area of fintech, which means access to products, improving the cost uh, in terms of for the investor, which means lower cost. And this has put pressure on the investment world which is the traditional investment world whether it's a mutual fund or it's a you know distributor like a bank to also start talking about ETF and that is why investors are listening to the word ETF from the traditional financial intermediaries and from the like the the more digital uh, new age uh, fintech uh, or wealth tech platforms who are saying you know buy ETFs that's the reason for the popularity when it comes to single stock it's a slightly different story because single stock etf it's a tool so firstly it has to be seen as a tool which can be used for specific strategies that you want to execute in your portfolio and as a retail investor you don't have access to these tools so if you're a if you have an account in a you know a prime broker account with a goldman sachs or if you have one of these platforms you can implement complex strategies which involve not just investing your money, but actually borrowing money and taking directional bets on the market. As a retail investor, you cannot do that because the banks do not give you that facility, even the online brokers don't give you. The single-stock ETFs are meeting that gap by giving you access to these three, four leverage strategies, whether it is to you know have multiples of returns, which means you put in 100 and you make your profit not on 100 but on 200, The flip side is if you invest 100 in a product like that, you can lose more than the money that you have. So it's introducing new risk and return profiles for investors. And it's a great tool for people who understand it. It is not a, I invested for the long run, so I'm just going to put the money in this product and then I'll be fine 10 years from now. It will not happen because the underlying strategies can erode significantly larger amounts of capital.
0: So understand it, and they're not for the faint of heart, because of the leverage
1: involved. Because of the leverage, absolutely. So it's because of the leverage, they're not... So the key point here is, Mm. when we see volatility, the underlying risk management technique for volatility is to give it time. Oh, okay. So diversify in time, right? Mm -hmm. So you diversify, and you give it more time. You buy a DBS stock today, and for the next one year, DBS stock may be down 20% and any you know any anybody will come and tell you that you are a long term investor think 5 year and in 5 years time dbs prospects will improve their earnings will grow and you will come out making you know returns on your investment in a single stock etf strategy that approach or that risk management methodology doesn't work because it will bleed out it will lose the money much faster than the movement in the stock itself because you have leverage inside that and that is the reason why it is not a buy-and-hold strategy, but rather a trading strategy very specifically that you might have. Uh, and you need something, you need the tools to implement, and then it's available. So as a retail investor, you have access to the tools, which normally you don't get in a bank. There's no way you can uh, uh, you know, apply this strategy for $10,000. So why
0: do you think we're seeing the single stock ETF popularity rise? Uh, two reasons
1: students are big users of these products i have personally seen students at smu when we talk and they mm-hmm. say you know they're using these tools uh, which is which is good because many a times they are putting you know let's say they earn 500 dollars on tuition this is an actual case i'm saying so okay. this person earns 500 dollars on tuition mm-hmm. and then decides that you know i want to convert my 500 into 5000 he's not looking at converting 500 into 510 he's looking at a significant return and so uh, he chooses to buy a one of these, you know, three X return uh, investments. And so they are they use. So I would say I would consider student community also because they apply the learning from the college, right? So they are studying these models. They are they're kind of testing their skills. Um. So they are using. Then you have, of course, four more investors, right? People who <laughs> just don't want to be left out <laughs> and want to try. <laughs> So so it's, the, uh, but yeah. it's not the same. For uh, learning purposes,
0: cool. yes. Yeah. Uh, these are day-by-day day sort of strategies, right? You're not yeah. meant to buy yeah. in and then hold for the long run. You buy on Monday, sell on Friday, even. Some would say it's too long. So how did Mr. $500 do? He
1: <laughs> he he <laughs> lost, he, so he made a lot, lot of money out of that. And then in his case, the preferred stock was Tesla. Long yeah, yeah. it or shorting it? So he was long, and then he decided that okay, I'm going to cut it, and he, he couldn't. He discovered that he didn't have the appetite. Let me be honest. That is what really happened, and which is good. Sometimes discovering your risk appetite, and if you spend 500, it's like it's like a tuition or a or a you know a consultancy session where you spend 500, but you have learned that okay, I don't have the risk appetite <laughs> <laughs> to stomach this.
0: <laughs> okay, so for example, if you short a single stock Tesla ETF. If the stock falls
1: 5%,
0: then the ETF will rise, should rise by 5%. Is that how it works?
1: Yeah, or it will have a multiplier. So these things have boosters, which means it will not just rise by 5, it will rise by 15%. And because it's a 3 times. So there's these boosters, you know, it's, it's like it's like uh, performance on steroids, right? So it's it's boosted.
0: What are the risks of loss when it comes to single stock ETFs?
1: The risk is similar, it's just that the scale and the size is is much higher Mm -hmm. and your ability to manage that loss is not, you don't know how to manage it because you haven't thought of it as a trading strategy. So it's, it's not as simple as, a stock going down in value and you are holding on to it and waiting for it to come back.
0: Mm, okay, got it. Got it. It is sophisticated. Well, thank you for that, primer, Swapnil. Okay, I want to look at cash management portfolios because I'm seeing a lot in my inbox of invitations to, you know, put my money here. So there are lots of portfolios and their returns can be anywhere from 2 to 4%. A cash management portfolio. And my question, Swapnil, is how do i know what i'm buying into within these portfolios um these are etf cash management portfolios by the way
1: yeah so i would say okay i'll try to stay neutral on this because i have <laughs> certain views on these products i so firstly before you invest all of these any whether it's a digital platform or whether it's you know your your neighborhood financial advisor they're all obligated to tell you where the investment is being made so you just have to dig a little deeper. Sometimes the information is not readily available. So you have to click a few more buttons to find out that, uh, where the money is going. So if you take you know, anybody, like you take is simple, they invest in uh, the Lion Global Enhanced Liquidity Fund and in some other money market fund. So you'll be able to see what is the underlying ETF or what is the underlying fund. The complication is when you want to see what's inside that fund, That's which means it. you have to dig another layer and it becomes more effort you can still see the information. So if you go to any you know, Yahoo Finance or any of these websites, you can see the exact holdings of the, let's say, Lion Global Enhanced Liquidity Fund. And that's probably the end of the journey because you're not really able to see the kind of risk management techniques they are using or what kind of you know, bond positions. A lot of them use derivatives inside these funds mm. to enhance the returns. So my approach to view this asset class is slightly different from the way it's linked to the product. So why do, and and this is, you have to understand, why do companies offer this product and they waive management fees, by the way? I'm I'm pretty sure, right, in in the emails that you have received, they must have very clearly said we are waiving management fees. Mm -hmm. These These are seen as parking lot from where the actual investment is going to be made. Now, if you are doing a temporary parking of money in a product like this because you eventually plan to invest it, that means returns is not really the goal you're not looking to make two percent versus two and a half percent versus three percent so your your motivation is to have lowest risk yeah which is near cash and not increase the risk expected the return expectations and then spend time deciphering the risk for making that one percent extra. It is just not return on effort mm. so simple approaches what is the reason why you, I mean, why are you putting money in this? Because it's a temporary place. You're not putting money in this for five years. Then why do you need to spend so much time understanding it just because somebody says it's 3% versus a 2%? So return should not be the driver. I would say that's one. Mm. To click as many buttons as required to drill down and see what is the underlying investment. And I would say with the rising interest rates, you can just keep it in cash as well. Because right will make some money in, in cash nowadays. I mean, not not last year, but uh, this year. Do I want to make half a percent without any stress or do I want to make one and a half percent and go through this hassle?
0: Right. So Got it. Got right. it. It's very clear. All right, Swapnil, so I want to talk to you a little bit about GameFi. Speaking of stress, some people want to enter the world of games and then make money playing those games As an investor, are you at all interested in this space of GameFi, gaming meets finance?
1: Actually, I'm very interested and not because of financial reasons. It's because I observe my 14-year-old son at home.
0: Hmm.
1: So to me, that's, I mean, they are 100% digital natives. And these things are extremely important. The behavior that I see for youngsters, it's uh, definitely integrating. They're playing games to earn points. The coins are something which they are using to purchase things. And there you have it, right? Your game five journey is. They
0: it. Yeah. They're buying virtual merch, they call it virtual merchandise, right?
1: Yeah. And, and it's happening. As I said, I am observing it. And yeah. if I observe that in a 14 year old, then <laughs> how do you ignore that? <laughs> right.
0: So right, right, right.
1: If I see rationally, it makes no sense. But if you look at the. De- I, okay, so I would say in this context, <laughs> it's more a demographic play. We have youngsters. We have a huge population, we have very high smartphone penetration and a natural extension of that is a very high number of digital natives, which means this as an industry or an asset class is important. So are you interested in the underlying infrastructure, powering Web3,
0: where all this GameFi is happening or different companies in this space? So this is where it becomes
1: difficult to select the winner because it is still at a very early stage. And at such an early stage, it's difficult. You don't really know which strategy is going to work or which technology is going to fly. So you can take a couple of approaches to this. One is to take an innovation approach and go to a slightly, you know, like a, a fund which invests in disruptive technologies and participate in those Web3 or any of these technologies through a vehicle like that. That's one way to do it. Identifying companies is a lot of work if you have the time and the energy to uh, you know, to identify them and to track them, because some of these companies will just go bust. They will not, you know, if if what they are experimenting is not going to fly, it will not. They'll be you will not make money there. So I would say if you're taking a macro view, which is how I like to look at investments. Mm-hmm, personally, mm-hmm. Then you see a top-down approach and say, okay, this industry is relevant. This industry has a future. Do I have clarity on who are the winners in this industry today? No, it is not like I know the Apple and the Google and the Facebook of this particular theme, which means you invest in a broad-based one. So you either invest in innovation and, and, and disruptive technologies as a way of participating in this uh, particular sector.
0: Makes perfect sense. So don't we all wish that we had seen Apple back in the 90s?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's okay. Even uh, if you saw it later, it is, it's fine.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Swapna. I'll let you get back to your vacation. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. He's Swapnil Mishra, founder of WealthZen and Adjunct Mentor at Singapore Management University. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O, available on Google Play or the App Store.